Okay, welcome back. It is the KOLL podcast. I am your league's commissioner. I will be doing the hosting duties today and joining me is Greg. What is going on, Greg? Uh, when you're on the show, you are your name and not your team name because you're just an analyst here today. So Greg, what's going on? Uh, not not much, man. I'm ready to top, chop shit up. A lot, of, a lot to talk about. The uh, season's off to a fast start. Um, really pumped to be here. All right, fantastic. We got a, a trade report, which was a busy day for trade today. We're going to see if we can answer the six burning questions from last week. We got power rankings. We got six burning questions for this week. And of course, we end it with the comment of the week. First things first, there was a trade that happened uh, last week, I believe, involving you and uh, Matthew Stafford. And you kind of got ridiculed a little bit on the podcast last week. So share with us the logistics of this trade. I know there was two trades involved in this trade. So hit us with the logistics, and then uh, we'll see if we can work it out. Yeah, so I I received Matthew Stafford and Tyreek Hill, and I gave away three first-round picks, uh, two for 2023, one for 2024. Both, all three of them projected late. Um, and then Jacoby Brissett and, unfortunately, Chris Olave. And then I traded Tyreek Hill for three first round picks. Right. So it ended up being that you ended up with uh, what Jacoby Brissett, Chris Olave for Matt Matt Stafford. Right, right, right. But what did you ultimately end up with on your roster? Matt Stafford and three first round picks. But you also traded three first round picks. Yes. So they like wash out. I so wash. So we'll wash those out technically. And you just ended up with Matt Stafford. Yes. So, and y- yeah, so I'm a rebuilding team, and it seems to me you and Aaron both, um, great great analysts, by the way, um, but you guys do- don't think that makes sense for a rebuilding team, correct? Yeah, I would say. Yeah. So, I think it was uh, – now let me just backtrack just to reiterate, and um, you just listened to it. So, you know, Chris Olave was the piece that was like – uh, I didn't agree necessarily with that. Makes sense. Yeah. I originally um, sent him, it was like McCall Hardman instead of Chris Olave. And he took like two weeks to respond. Um, and then he finally countered offered. I didn't even know if he was in the league anymore. Um, I got excited and I was like, you know, if I counter this, he's not going to respond for another two weeks. I'm just going to hit accept. Um, my original intent was to take Tyreek Hill and try to pivot up to get, I sent the same exact trade to Troy or to Austin 316, to um, Devontae's Inferno, to Greg Topnick Bottom. I tried to tear up to get either Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, or A.J. Brown. And, like, Trey Lance was still healthy at the time. So I was like, yo, maybe I could compete a little bit. And then uh, right after that trade, Trey Lance got hurt. Um, so then I had to pivot again, and no one was res- no one responded besides Aaron to the, to the trade. And he sent the most vague response back. I had no inclination at all with what he was thinking. So I, I reached out to Dylan and got that deal done. But yeah, Matt, Matt Stafford is a guy who's having a pretty awful, awful year this year. Um, but I do find solace that he's only 34 years old. Um, I still think he has multiple years left, especially with the whole trend in the NFL of like, you can't even breathe. You can't even look at quarterbacks without, you know, getting fucking thrown out of the league. Um, so I think we're going to see pocket passing quarterbacks, you know, have, have a little lengthier careers. Um, and Matthew Stafford's, you know, uh, he is, Acquiring a quarterback like that puts me in position where next year I don't have to reach for one, which is something that I'm dreading doing. 
Um, yeah, but but also I think next couple of years, he's a quarterback two on my team. Um, and it's really hard acquiring quarterbacks in this league. So uh, I thought the value was there, even though I really love Chris Olave and didn't want to give him up. Through that. Uh, the other take on that particular trade was the Tyreek Hill for three first round picks. And I want to hear your take on what I'm about to say, because this was going to be how I ended this trade discussion, because, uh, uh, you know, at this point, like trades aren't really following any logical pattern anymore. We talked about last week was the going rate for a franchise caliber quarterback was three first round picks. And when you see Tyreek Hill get traded for three first round picks, it just throws everything out of whack. And there was another trade today involving Jerry Judy and you, which we'll talk about soon. And that's another one that kind of just throws everything out of whack. And we're almost to the point where trading is open season. There is no logical value placement for these picks anymore. It's almost like you can get pretty much any trade done if you have enough draft picks. Um, yes and no. Like, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the trend in our league and just the market in general is everybody wants to compete. So everybody's kind of sprinting to the finish line and nobody's really valuing picks. Um, so like I've offered ridiculous trades where I've sent like six, seven first round picks for like quarter, like one quarterback and like the, it's auto rejected. So like I have all these first round picks, but I'm not necessarily like there's no one buying them, you know, besides like, I'm sure Mike would like them, but he's, you know, obviously making other moves and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but like nobody, nobody seems to want first round picks. So it's, it's really, it's contingent on the market and like, you know, it's a shame, but like no, no one, no one really values them too much. Um, yeah. So I hope that changes. Well, I can tell you, I was pretty excited to get my, all right, let's just get into it. The first yeah. trade that happened today, the longest yard. Wait, no, wait. Who's Justice Beaver trades Dak Prescott and Cooper Rush? It was important to have that combo. Wandale Robinson and Isaiah Spiller, a 2024 second round pick to the longest yard for Tom Brady, Alvin Kamara, and a 2023 first round pick, which was my first round pick. And I'm very curious to find out how many different teams that pick has been on before it got its way back to me. Yeah, do you know that? or do you... I don't. I wanted to look it up, but then my kids were uh, uh, needed help, and I was doing the dishes, and I didn't get around to it. Uh, but I will look that up afterwards. I think it's at least three because I had that at one point. Um, but as the old expression goes, if you love something, let it go, and it comes back to you. Last year, <laughs> I traded my first-round pick twice, and I ended up getting it back. And, like, you know, so trade this a few more times. You'll get it back. Yeah, <laughs> uh, when I originally – pitched this offer to Mike I wanted his first round pick which he was not having and now I uh I had to decide between my first round pick and Aaron's first round pick and uh maybe I'm not betting on myself because I chose my own first round pick yeah yeah um we'll see I mean it's it's tough playing that game but it's fun um trying to predict you know who, who's but yeah I mean you're going off last week's power rankings so like with the data you have available I think that was a good trade if you want to get into more detail on it certainly yeah well i guess i just want to hear your take because obviously this is my trade so i want to hear your take and then i you know i'll explain why i decided to make this move yeah so i think we were just talking about first round picks and like not a lot of people have first round picks um but like I, I think with with Mike trading away Kamara and Brady, I would like to have seen him get a give, I mean, get at least a first round pick for like those two instead of giving them up. Um, Dak Prescott is a very solid asset. Um, 
you know, your second round pick, I'm probably projecting that as a late second. Um, and the rest is kind of just like throwing spaghetti at the wall. Um, it's more like filler. So like, I'm really looking at this trade as like Dak Prescott for Brady, Kamara in a first. And I would take your side, uh, especially a win now team. Um, I would favor your side in this. Okay, position. that's fair. I, it was really hard for me to trade. I think Wandell Robinson and Isaiah Spiller were my, you know, if, if this was there was a, a major league and a minor leagues here, these were my top prospects. You know what I mean? Yeah. Isaiah Spiller could blossom into a, a starting running back. And I honest to God think when healthy, Wandell Robinson's probably the number one in New York right now. So I, I projected them as my my highest priced uh, uh, prospect, if you will. Uh, it was important for me to get a first round pick because uh, I didn't have one uh, uh, or the following year. I only had one, that, that second round pick was all I had. Actually, this coming draft, I only had a third round pick. So I wanted to get that first round pick back. It cost me that second round pick. I was fine with that. Um, I decided to trade Dak Prescott, A, because I have Deshaun Watson um, coming back. Tua actually looks like he's going to be a top 12 quarterback. And I kind of decided, I was like, do I see more from Dak or do I see more from Tua at this point? And I felt like at worst, it was even uh, between Dak and Tua's uh, long-term projection with the weapons in Miami and the lack of weapons in Dallas anyway. Tua's younger. Uh, I decided I was going to go with Tua as my projected quarterback too. And Tom Brady has some juicy matchups coming up over the next couple of weeks, getting his wide receivers back. And I, I felt like he was uh, an upgrade over Marcus Mariota, hopefully in the meantime, till I get Watson back. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't even think you needed to make this trade. I think you're in like a pretty good position, but also like, you know, getting, I, I still obviously think it's a good trade. Um, but yeah, I mean, like having Tua and stuff, like I think just with him, you could stay afloat for, a really long time until Watson gets back. Yeah. Um, and, uh, that's yeah, the thing. I'm just trying to get through these six weeks, essentially. Yeah. And I mean, you got your first round pick back. Prescott, I don't know how quickly they'll rush him back, but we saw like the same exact injury with Russell Wilson last year. And again, not the same quarterback, but like Russell Wilson, when he first came back, like couldn't complete a pass. And again, they're not the same quarterback, but like that injury in their throwing hand is I think significant and that will play a factor in how many points Dak Prescott scores when he returns this year. Um, oh, so, yeah, wow. I mean, it, it was a, it was a win now, but also win win later move. Cause you got a first back. Um, I, I, I really like this trade for you. Correct. Uh, Dak Prescott's actually projecting to be back week six. Uh, but I also threw in Cooper rush so that he had a starting quarterback in the meantime. Yeah. All right. All right. So anyway, then the longest yard took Dak Prescott. And he flipped them to the Mountainheads for Justin Fields, Ramondre Stevenson, and a second-round pick. There is a little twist to this story, but first let me hear your take on this trade. Um, yeah, I, I love this trade for Bob. Um, I, Bob's a team. We'll, we'll chop it up more into, like, the power rankings with him. Um, but he's a team with a lot of uh, – I think he's the, one of the deepest, if not the deepest teams. But there's no, like, necessarily star power yet. Um you know, a few players that are pretty good, but um, yeah, I mean, so to get like, you know, he has a bunch of, and I've trashed him about this before, but a bunch of, not that I'm one to talk, but his quarterback room is pretty gross. Yeah. Um, and Justin Fields, 23 completions through the first three games, there's like 10 quarterbacks averaging 23 completions per game. Um, so to, to, you know, give him away, 
Um, a second round pick, who cares? Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, very replaceable player to get a guy in Dak Prescott. I thought that was really good value for Bob. I actually just thought about what actually spurred my trade today. I'm sorry I had to, to backtrack, but That's I just right. remembered why I, I did feel like I needed to make the trade and why uh, ultimately I, I was driving home when I decided on a whim because originally the trade offer was a three-way trade between me, Mike, and Bob that would have gave Bob Mariota for the rest of the year and a third-round pick. He would trade Ramondre Stevenson to Mike and I would have gotten, I would have traded Alvin Kamara. I mean, I would have gotten Alvin Kamara for Mariota, a second and a third. That was the original trade. And then on a whim, I decided to make the trade. My issue was I didn't have a running back. Um, Jonathan Taylor and AJ Dillon both turned up questionable this week, which left, you know, if one of them doesn't play, all I have left is Rashad Penny. I have no other running back who's even getting on the field at this point, but so three. So include bye weeks. I felt like, damn, I need to make a move for a running back. Alvin Kamara was off to a rough start, and I thought maybe he's the one. Yeah, yeah, no. All right. Anyway, uh, getting after it. So it ended up being that I traded with Mike and Bob traded with Mike, and we all are happy at the end of the day. The Oracle trades Jerry Judy to beast mode for a 2025 first-round pick and a 2024 second-round pick. Um, all right, let me hear how this trade went down. Yeah. So, um, he actually reached out to me, uh, for Jerry Judy and I think it was this exact trade. And I was like, I want, I I was like, I want this trade, but adding Sky Moore, um, he sat on that for a while and then declined it. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll just take this trade. Oh my God. Um, Jerry. Uh, yeah. I mean, Jerry Judy is a guy that like, um, I was high on all offseason. I I talked about how great he was going to be and stuff, but like at best, he's a wide receiver 20 or something like that. At worst, he's wide receiver 50. He's going to be somewhere in that range. Um, To me, he's, even though he is only 23, he's not a guy that like I'm focused on building a core of players um, and he's not probably in my long-term plans. So like, again, I'm trying to add up ammunition of draft cap- capital because that's not something that changes in value. Like if only like draft draft picks only like increase in value as they get closer to the draft. So um, I have a shitload of picks. Um, I hope to, you know, acquire some actual players with them eventually um, and not just use them all, but you know, it's more ammo in the tank for when people start valuing those. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I think Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy freaking stinks. And I was telling you that all summer long. And uh, so far, he he looks like he stinks. So, he had a great, great game week one and then got injured, uh, rib injury. And so I'm giving him – I'm a Jerry Judy apologist. I will come up with any excuse in the book necessary. He got injured really early in the second week, and he's been playing through an injury. And that's why his production's bad. But <laughs> Listen, um, if, if Beastmo would have sent me just the second-round pick for Jerry Judy, I would have smashed that accept button. I would have I would have moved on so fast. So the fact that you got a first and a second, I feel like that was like goddamn steal, and I I almost feel bad. Uh, but uh, back to your point about the melon heads, just because I thought about it while you were talking, and then had a different quip. Uh, I was looking today because, like I said, I was trying to acquire a running back, and he legitimately. Most people have like three running backs they could play, and he's got six at least. He's got a lot of, but you're right. They're all RB2s. He doesn't really have any studs. Yeah, Javante, I think, um, 
is growing into that. Um, you should and, be. Yeah. Um, Denver stink paper, right now, though. But, but yeah, the, the whole Broncos offense is just – that's a different – that's a destination football topic. Yeah. All right. Uh, give me one second. My boys took showers. My wife's not on my ass. Okay. All right. Let's uh, see if we can answer those sick burning questions from last week. Obviously, Aaron's not here with his questions, so we're just doing mine. Number one, forever on clean versus Austin 316. The question was, who's doing the laundry this month? Looks like looks like forever unclean will be. Looks like forever unclean's doing the laundry. I gotta say, if I was roommates with somebody in my fantasy football league, this would absolutely be a bet every time we played. Yeah. Oh, who's doing yeah. the dishes? Who's doing the laundry? Who's scrubbing the toilets? You know. That was funny. You and Aaron were both on the same page. I know. It's funny too because my his was who's doing the dishes, and I originally put who's doing the dishes, and I was like, man, I've probably been dishwasher. None of them are doing the dishes. <laughs> um, so I went with uh, the laundry. That's funny. All right. Second one: the longest yard versus the Delongles. The question was who can go longer. We're finding out. It's. Longles. I mean, that was kind of a, a metaphorical question, I guess. Obviously, yeah. it was just because they both had long in the name. So clever. I really, was really hitting the beats last week. Oh, yeah. I like that. All right. Long Island Beast, the Oracle. Can the Oracle start a winning streak for the first time in history? Got nope. another definitive uh, answer there. Hell no. <laughs> Melonheads, Nick Top, Greg Bottom, and Nick Top, Greg Bottom. Assert and insert his dominance. Yeah, Greg Top, Nick Bottom walked away with the big, big W. The Greg Top, Nick Bottom has made his way back to the podcast. He did insert his dominance on the Melonheads, who had the lowest scoring team in the league in the league this week, although it was very close. Who's Justice Beaver versus the Etielians? Etielians is favored to win this matchup on paper. Can they manage the team properly and pull it off? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you did. Uh, who's Justice Beaver? Real disappointing. All right, last one from last week. Devontae's Inferno and the Thick Dicks. The Thick Dicks are hot. Are they hot enough to burn the Inferno? Yeah. They sure were. 200-plus points for the second week in a row. Thick Dicks is hard right now. They're rock hard. Full Absolutely rock hard. Good action, though, last week. Uh, Greg, it's been a while since we've been able to talk like this. Uh, this has been... One of the wildest starts to an NFL season that I can remember. Yeah. A lot of crazy shit going on. Yeah. And you know what I was thinking too last week? I was real disappointed that you like renounced your Colts fandom because I, I just like, I had no one to talk. I just wanted to be like, ah, oh, fuck you. Cause uh, the, the Colts got shut out by the Jaguars and I didn't have the opportunity. I didn't feel like it was warranted anymore. It's not warranted anymore. Um, I, uh, yeah, I mean, like, the Colts can't win in Jacksonville and the fucking – I I mean, just – I love that you like your random teams and stuff. And, uh, uh, frankly, seeing the, the Jaguars go in and dominate the Colts and then dominate the Chargers 
um, as a fan of rebuilding teams and shit, and like as just your friend that also appreciates you liking a sucky team, it warmed my heart to see. So I'm, I'm very happy for you, and I'm very happy for that organization, and I hope it continues. I would also like to put this out there really quick. When they were good back in 2017, they got off to a good start. Like a, a good, I was like, this is a playoff team. You told me, you said, this is a very small window. They're probably going to be bad very soon again. And I was like, no freaking way. No way. This team is great. They're going to be great for a long time. And it was very quickly that window shot. Your exact words were only if they don't draft well. Yeah. And then their next draft, uh, Taven Bryan, I think, was their first yeah. round, followed by a bunch of other guys. That, but yo, this this past draft, holy shit! And like yeah. Trent Bauke, everybody owes Trent Bauke an apology. Uh, maybe maybe it's Doug Peterson though. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, like even yeah. the draft before, like um, Andre Cisco, Tyson Campbell, and stuff, and like yeah, like this past picks. draft for sure. Like those are um, good picks. Play yeah. on Chase on, not a good pick. CJ no. Anderson, not a good pick. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> But this feels sustainable, which was the, the point I was trying to make. This team yeah. feels sustainable. Like, this could continue. Uh, they have one of the most efficient offenses in the league, most efficient defenses in the league at the same time, which is crazy. Uh, I would love – I would uh, – it would turn me on so goddamn much if they go up and beat the Eagles this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would, go to, that would be a statement. I will walk yeah. around with a hard boner for an entire week. <laughs> Work and everything. I don't care. All right, let's move on to our week four power rankings. (laughs) Started off at the bottom. As you've heard, uh, there are points for each team, kind of how the BCS used to do it. Uh, 1250 being the absolute max you can get. Zero being the worst. I don't, if anyone ever gets to zero, they're getting kicked out of the league. (laughs) Number 12, 0-3, the longest yard is 495 points. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, his, I mean, he's obviously going through a rebuild. I love that he, cause like last year, everybody kind of did the same thing except for like a very select few, like three people. And he was one of those three where he just went all in, which takes a lot of balls. Um, and it, it was honestly a smart move by him. It just didn't pay off. Um, no fault to him, honestly. Um, I like to see that he's rebuilding. I like to see that there's other teams rebuilding and stuff. And, you know, he's adding some pieces. He, um, I, I think wide receivers specifically is like a good position to start building instead of running backs. Um, so he has a few good wide receivers, you know, Dotson, uh, Jamison Williams, Alave, who Alave looks fantastic. Um, so yeah, the future might be bright. It's just not this year. Yeah. I have, I, I appreciate that he recognized where he was at and decided to start the rebuild. That's okay. what the dynasty league is all about. I have a lot of respect for it. Number 11, Owen three is the melon heads, 536 points. Yeah. So I was on the, um, the podcast last February and we did like the final thing and I ranked him manager of the year. And I meant that. Um, cause I thought his team was looking fucking scary and I was literally terrified actually. Um, because him and I both like rebuilt. So I have a sense of kinship, but also a rivalry with him because of the way we did that. But then the off season happened um, and he made some questionable moves that kind of backfired. Um, but yeah, I mean, his team's a lot better than Owen three. Um, I think his starts a little fluky, um, you know, like, like he doesn't have any elite players but he has a young team that is incredibly deep so it's just mixing and matching you know um 
who who's in his starting lineup and stuff, but I think he's a lot better than the 0 and 3 start he's gotten off to. Fair enough. Number 10, 1 and 2 is the Oracle, who still has two exclamation points for not being number 12, 594 points. I'm fucking pumped. Uh, last year, I was like pretty much unanimously every week, I was the lowest scoring by like a lot. Like I was scoring like between 50 to 80 points. Um, last week I scored 88, but the other two weeks I, I breached the 100 mark, um, including a team record like 165. Um, I have building blocks in place, my first round picks from this past year. So people that don't value first round picks, they're important. Brees Hall, Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave before I traded him. Those were my first four picks, my only first four picks in the uh, first round. You know, um, I'm starting to develop what I think is a competent team. I'm pumped. Yeah, I, I, uh, I agree with you. I like the rebuild and where you're going. Thank you. Number nine, one and two, E.T. Elliott, 691 points. Yeah, so qu- quick story that I, I thought I would share. Um, you said, I think, multiple times, he's like the smartest dumb person you know. Yeah. Um, and um, in, back in like 2018, I believe him and his, his now wife, they just started dating. So they didn't really know each other too well. And me and my wife went on uh, to an escape room with them on like a double, double date. And we we're talking before the escape room, kind of strategizing. And his wife, Erin, was talking about, let's let Jack lead because he's really intelligent. And it makes sense on paper, an engineer, he's in grad school for engineering. He makes really responsible, good adult life choices. Love the guy. But um, fast forward four years to 2022, uh, back in May, they came down for a weekend, stayed at our house, and like five times, and if you ever met Jack's wife, she is just brutally honest, but she was calling him a dumbass all weekend, and it's funny that like, um, yeah, I love Jack, and he actually has a pretty solid team. I think he has one of the better quarterback rooms in the league, and he has some fucking talented players, but I don't think he understands fantasy football, let alone dynasty fantasy football, uh, and that's why he's near the bottom. <laughs> Facts. Uh Okay, so before the season started, I looked, I was going through to do the preseason uh, power rankings and I looked at his team and I shit you not, he only had four guys like in his starting lineup. Like I it was like, I was like, yeah. what am I looking at here? Everybody, every single one was on the bench. I'm, I'm thinking in my head, did he go through and put every one of his players onto his bench because no other team looks like that? Yeah, I, I don't get, I don't understand. I, I can't even begin to understand his behavior. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> Number eight, one and two is forever on clean 755 points. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny with, with forever on clean. I've been in fantasy leagues with him like over the years since like middle school, I've been in fantasy baseball, fantasy football, even a fucking fantasy hockey league one year. Um, and like, he's probably one of the best startup drafters. I know like in a redraft league, like he dominates the draft. It's really impressive. Cause that's like a weakness that I have. Um, but he just isn't active. Um, and like you, all those years with Minucci and his baseball league where Yahoo, it says like the amount of transactions, like you and I were always in the championship games and we would have like 300 transactions a year and he would be sitting there with like seven. And, you know, um, so, you know, I think he would benefit by making some more moves and being more active. And also he has six mediocre tight ends on his bench. Um, that might be hurting him a little bit. Um, yeah, it is slim pickings on that uh, waiver yeah, wire yeah, though. Yeah. It I is. love that. No, that's how Dynasty League should be. It should be. It should look like that. Let's, uh, let's make so some trades. Yeah, you should be uh, speculative ads, and yeah, sometimes you got to make a blockbuster. Yes, sir. Number 
seven, two and one, hitting his peak ranking is Austin 316, 790 points. Yeah, man. Like, um, I, I was trying to, I thought him and I would be actually like before the season started, I was maybe a little overconfident, but I was like, this, he's going to have the worst record this year. Um, I was trying so desperately to acquire his first round pick before he realized that it was going to be the first overall pick in the draft. But, (laughs) you know, he's, uh, he would, he does, he auto rejects every trade, but also his team's showing life. And it's like, probably not as bad as maybe I thought. Um, so yeah, I mean, I hope he keeps winning. I hope he keeps winning. Well, that AJ Brown trade to Philadelphia definitely helped. Yeah. Uh, good for you, Troy. I know you're not listening. Yes. <laughs> Number six, one in two is Devante's Inferno, 886 points. Yeah. I mean, he's a team that like, you know, it was, like I said, it was a sprint last year. Everybody was like win now mode. Um, and he came out on top, um, you know, he reminds me of Bill Belichick. He's just like this quiet guy, but he has like this quirky kind of quiet personality. And I think he's a really good manager. So he's at an interesting thing where like, I, I think his team is competitive and stuff, but like, you know, there's a few, you know, a few maybe unlucky things, you know, DeAndre Hopkins injury and stuff. So we'll see if he could battle back. He just traded for a running back. Who did he just trade for? Um, He traded for for Aaron Jones is that who it was yeah I think it was him yeah he he we forgot to talk about this trade so let's talk about it real quick I will bring it up right now he traded he got Aaron Jones he traded away Jahan Dotson Daryl Henderson and right, your 2023 right. second which is a late 23 second Jack reacted with a shit emoji for whatever reason I didn't even know he like pays attention to the to this um it's funny he had an opinion, but yeah, I mean, I thought that was a good tra- good trade for him. Uh, that's another win now trade. Um, obviously, thoughts in a way, um, but but yeah, I mean, good trade for for both of them. Yeah, fair enough. It, it's a fair trade. Yeah, I just I remember he made a trade for a running back, and then uh, yeah, that's it. Aaron Jones, number five, two and one, Long Island piece, nine hundred ninety nine points. Yeah, uh, he got Jerry Judy today. He's um he's a team like a lot of these teams they're very top heavy and you know trading like negotiating with him and stuff fucking he's probably one of the nicest guys i know he has said yeah he's awesome but um yeah he's talking like he was talking about how he he doesn't have a lot of depth and that's true um his team's also like heavily tied to the chiefs so he has like juju smith he has travis kelsey pat Mahomes. so like you know when the chief's offense pops off he's gonna win when they don't he's probably gonna lose um but yeah, I mean, yeah, solid, solid team. I you can't say a negative thing about the guy. No, I, I love Nelly. I would I would take a bullet for that man. <laughs> you, you would take a bullet for you too. Number yeah. four, two and one. Who's Justice Beaver? One thousand and one points. Yeah, you you really had them slip. Um, yeah, I mean, like again, both your starting quarterbacks as the first two and a half weeks have been out. Um. Still a very fucking talented team, and Jalen Waddle and Amon Ross St. Brown. Holy shit, man! Like you got to yeah, good try trying to get them from me last week. <laughs> that was such a one. I just wanted to see like if you would counter or something like that. That was obviously very one sided, but uh, do not tr- do not trade this for the both of them. Yeah, they're 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 great. Um, they're really ascending. Uh, yeah, I'm actually surprised how well the start Jalen Waddle's off to this year. I'm, I was actually surprised. Everyone predict like there's there's like a tier of like 
wide receiver, like Devontae Smith, Gabe Davis, like really every wide receiver on like my team and Bob's team, pretty much. They're all like the same, like Brandon Ayuk, like Hollywood Brown, like, and I, there's a lot of talk in the offseason is Jalen Waddell and Amon Rod St. Brown in that tier. And like, no, they're, they're not. They're, they're much year. better. They're much better than that. Um, uh, pretty awesome for you. Not for yeah. me. Would you <laughs> trade Amon Ross St. Brown in a, in a, in a regular redraft? Like capitalize high now before Jamison Williams comes back. No, um, I think I'm on Ross St. Brown at this point. And it's weird because like we talk about draft capital, we talk about uh, physical profile and stuff. And I'm on Ross St. Brown checks none of these fucking boxes, but neither did like Keenan Allen. And they're just like extreme outliers. I, I think I'm on Ross St. Brown is like legit. Um, there's people that still aren't on, on his bandwagon. I'm officially um, balls to the wall on it I was listening to different like dynasty podcasts and stuff um, and there's people that are trading Amon Ross St. Brown for Brees Hall um, that's where like his his value is like right around that that um, yeah. so it's pretty crazy how he's ascended yeah I think he has like eight catches in a touchdown like eight straight games or something fucked yeah some it's some kind of record he just got all right, number three, two and one, the Thick Dicks, 1,047 points. Yeah, man, he's uh, he wants to trade, but he's not making any trades. But like, he doesn't. I don't know. I mean, he he has a he has a pretty good roster. Um, you know, we'll see if he can sustain it. You know, CMC, we don't know about his. Um, Nick Chubb, if he gets injured, you know, he has a lot of guys where he's a few injuries away, maybe. But I mean, like Lamar looks MVP Lamar esque. Uh, this year and you know as long as he's putting up 50 points a game it's kind of hard to lose um and your boy Traylon Burks on there so <laughs> I've been hearing a lot about him being uh uh somebody you should try and pick up now because uh the ascent is coming I just don't buy it the the P PFF and shit whether you take stock in that or not they're rating him like very highly um so we'll see we'll see yeah, people we'll i see. a breakout from him too um he's a boomer bust type of guy we'll see i've been trying to trade for him now nick yeah, doesn't nick yeah nick won't do that he wants to trade so bad he just doesn't ever no yeah <laughs> number two three and oh the longles 1100 points yeah, dude, it's crazy how like he doesn't even fucking check his team and he's just dominating. And I, you guys, Bullshit. you guys talked about it last week on the podcast. His only two waiver wire transactions last year were Elijah Mitchell and Hunter Renfro, and like that that fucking asshole. Um, he's very similar to Jack, and where I don't think he understands dynasty fantasy football, but he at least understands redraft, and like that's good enough to get him in the championship game last year, and uh, will probably be a playoff team depending on He's but right I mean, there again. yeah um i mean he has josh allen too so like josh allen's fucking incredible um, that helps yeah it's hard to lose when again if josh allen's scoring 40 50 points a game it's hard to lose no doubt number one three and oh perfect score again nick top greg bottom 12 50 yeah greg top nick bottom um he talked about how bob rated him on the power rankings low um, and had a little chip on his shoulder, it seems, from that. I don't remember where I ranked him on those, but I remember ranking him a little lower. And I remember looking at his roster and just being like, it's top heavy. And he has, um, you know, he obviously has a lot of elite players on his roster, but his bench, and he touched on how hard it is to maintain a bench. But I thought he's done a really fucking good job, like out of nowhere. 
Um, I like looked at his roster back in like February when we did that. And I was like, oh, his bench is like a barren wasteland. And then I looked at his roster back in like August and I was like, oh shit, he's actually like, like in like the seventh round of our draft in our uh, rookie draft, you got like Kyle Phillips, who looks like the permanent slot receiver in Tennessee for whatever that's worth, but that's still a decent piece. And, you know, there's some other names and stuff. Um, he's starting to, you know, build depth. His team looks fucking dangerous. Um, so, you know, good for yeah. him. Good for him. Clearly the the favorite right now in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the week four burning questions. We're going to start with number six, Devontae's Inferno versus number 10, the Oracle. My question is, after that one good week, is the Oracle back to being a bye week? The Oracle is back to being a bye week. And, you know, when you're starting quarterback um, and you don't really have the depth uh, gets injured for the year and like the second week um, of the season, it's it's tough to win. So I'm making kind of, I was going to flip the switch to be competitive, not looking that way. Um, so, you know, my burning question was, is this, you know, it's not even a question. It's a statement. This is the week Devontae Inferno gets back on track. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't have to be a question. It can be a statement. That, that's the rules. Cool. Uh, right on. Devontae's Inferno back on track. Going to find out. Number 12, the longest yard versus number nine, the easy aliens. My statement period question is the tank is on for the longest yard. Should the ET aliens trade me Travis ETN? <laughs> you know, the, I guess we'll find out next week for that answer. Um, yeah. My, yeah. My question is, it's just, it's the battle of a, a top pick and who will suck less this week. <laughs> Facts. Number five, Long Island Beasts versus number seven, Austin 316. The question is, Austin 316 is ranked at its highest all-time ranking. Now, can he beat one of the good teams? I had something along the lines. I, I My my question is, is Troy for we, for – wow, I can't talk. Is for Troy, wheel. Yeah, for wheel. Um, you know, he's about to be – he could possibly be three and one, and I projected him winning, like, one game throughout the whole year. Um, so, I mean, awesome start for him if that happens. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> Number four, who's Justice Beaver versus number 11, the Melonheads. The question is, was the blockbuster worth it? Because we're going to find out right away. Yeah, my question is, who's the more credible podcast host? <laughs> we're about to find out. Uh, go check the statistics on Destination Football. You'll find out. <laughs> number one, Nick Top Craig Bottom versus number eight, Forever On Clean. My question is, will Nick Top, Greg Bottom, continue to roll everyone over? My question is, is Forever Unclean in trouble? Uh, he's sitting on the brink of possibly, you know, he's playing the top dog and he's sitting on the brink of maybe being in one and three. And does he hit the panic button if that does happen? Uh, doesn't seem like I, he started off real slow last year. Remember that? He was like one and four and then he won eight in a row or something. I, I, yeah, we'll, yeah. All right, we're going to find out. All right. In our matchup of the week, it is number three, Thick Picks versus number two, DeLongles. I put, I legit can't believe these two are ranked two and three. Are these two legit championship contenders? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll find out. Um, 
It's the uh, battle of the youngins. And I put, uh, can Nick continue to assert his dominance over the absent Delongles? <laughs> can he insert his dominance? I think that's what we're going to say from now on. No more asserting. We're inserting dominance. Yes. Uh, we're going to find out if the thick dicks can insert some dominance on the Delongles this week. Uh, we're going to see if we get them on for an interview later tonight. Uh, if so, you're going to hear it at the end of this show. If not, everybody point and laugh because they blew me off again. Uh, you're laughing at me, by the way, not them. Okay, let's move on to the comment of the week. Um, my comment, again, isn't very fun. I'm actually, uh, we need more uh, good content on the smack boards or something because my comment of the week is you putting Troy on blast for that Trevor Lawrence trade rejection. That blows my mind that he did not accept that. that uh... You got to really believe uh, in Trevor Lawrence. Um, which, Hey, maybe he's betting, right. But you know, three first round picks plus all those pieces. I mean, shit, I think, that was I think uh, it might have been like five first round picks or something. It was, it was three this year, two next year, two wide receivers and David Davis mills for what it's worth. Unbelievable. So that's my comment of the week. It's just, I just, I wouldn't have the, the cojones to put someone on blast like that i just moved about my business but you didn't give a single fuck you're like look what troy just rejected somebody else wants this offer i'm sorry it seems the connection has broken up can you hear me i hear you we're gonna have to we're gonna have to edit this part heavily i can't hear you can you hear me now no I can hear you're cutting cutting off. Should I try like leaving and coming back? Oh, I see you now. You're good. Talk. Uh, yeah, we're good. I'm not gonna lie. I have like one more day, but like I had to reduce my Wi-Fi, so like I'm on like a fucking you know you can only use so much data, so I might be slowing down because the end of the month. It could be my fault. Okay. No, you're good. You're good now. It's just a temporary blip. All right. Um, so my comment of the week was, um, it was a, it was a two-parter. Um, it was more of a, one was the setup and then the next one was the slam. Um, but like you said, I wish there was more smack talk. So here we go. I said to Nelly, I said, your ass is grass today, pal. And he said, makes sense. Your face is going to be all over it today when I drag your ass off the field. <laughs> I, I love that. That was, especially for him being such a uh, sweetheart and stuff. Um, Let's go. To get some toxic masculinity in the league it's yeah it's, it i love it i love it i tell you what so i wish i would have made my comments of the week because you saying that just reminded me when i played nelly not not this past week but the week before i was talking a little trash and he hit me with the uno reverse card the uno reverse yeah. card first time in smack force history somebody pulls out the uno reverse card yeah he's uh he can talk shit he can talk shit with the best of them. It was very clever. I wasn't expecting yeah. it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's all that we have for the show today. Uh, if we have that interview with Nick and Dylan later, uh, it'll be after I'm done talking right now. But if not, again, laugh at the commissioner for, for hoping they would do it. Um, other than that, uh, uh, you know what? I'll talk to you separately. I Never mind. <laughs> okay no we're doing a we're doing a thing on destination football in a few weeks i, I want to see if you come back and do it with us cool yeah um it's just a mid-season mock draft like a redraft mock draft 
Cool. Yeah. I mean, depends with the week and stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I, if I'm available, I'll, I'll for sure do it. All right, man. Sounds good. Thanks for coming on. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Dolphins and Bengals. Uh, who you got? Yeah. I mean, f- fucking a, I, I guess I'm taking the dolphins, but, uh, um, they look good. I'm Bengals. You're taking the Bengals. Cool. cool. Taking the Bengals. All right, man. Well, signing off. Enjoy uh, your football. You too. Bye. Bye.